Hey guys, welcome back to Chris and Harry Unplugged. This is episode 16. If you're new, we are two Gen Z liberals who scream about politics every Monday at 1 p.m. If you are returning for the second, third, fourth, fifth time, want to say we really, really, really appreciate you being back. Um, this week, we're going to talk pretty extensively about Israel and Gaza. And obviously, that's what a lot of people are talking about, especially on the left. Uh, there's, there's, there's a pretty pretty staunch divide right now um, about some of that. So we're going we're gonna to talk about it. Uh, one thing quickly before we do, we both Harry and I wanted to say that we really, really appreciate all the support lately and the support on the last episode. Uh, we released these hoodies. If you're on YouTube, Harry and I are both wearing them, these unplugged hoodies. Um, one of them has our logo on the back. Um, it was a pretty soft launch last week. Like we just have these two colors, the, the logo, we might add some, but the response was incredible. Uh, we just want to say, like, we really, really, really appreciate um, each and every one of you. It was it, the response was absolutely incredible, uh, and yeah, I didn't get to say this last week, but each of the hoodies are domestically made; they're made in America. And for each hoodie you purchase, there a, a tree is planted in at one re, uh, one of like three different regions throughout the world. They're planted natively to that region. You can go read about it on Canva.com. That's where we're uh, sourcing the hoodies from. Uh, and if you bought a hoodie. Harry and I tried to reach out to you personally. If, if we have not reached out to you, I promise we will. Because originally I wanted to put notes in the packages, but that ended up being a little bit too expensive for, for the actual consumer and for us. And so to keep it as cheap and high quality as possible while still being domestic, we decided we reach out to you online via email. Um, but yeah, regardless of that, we really, really, really appreciate you. Um, the support from these was absolutely incredible. So you can check it out on the link in the bio if you want to. And yeah. Uh, let's uh, let's hop right into this week's episode. It's been a pretty tense week. Harry, kick us off. Let's let's hear it. Yeah, man, tense week. Lot going on. A lot of emotion. Oh man. Um, yeah, I think this this you know we're obviously as Chris said we're going to be talking about what's happening in the Middle East and um, for the most part. Uh, and it's it's an ever evolving situation. There's new information every single day, every single hour. Um, and, you know, we're constantly reading, constantly learning, constantly listening about what's happening there. Um, and we are, you know, definitely approaching everything with an open mind. And we hope that everybody else is too, especially when you're listening to this conversation. Hopefully, um, you know, that we're still learning and keeping an open mind about what we're saying. And um, I think that's kind of uh, the, the only preface I have for the conversation here today, which we've had. This will be the third week in a row, third podcast in a row where we're talking about this because it's ongoing, you know? Yeah, so. it's it's really like it's dominating the news right now. I'm sure it's pretty much all you're hearing, uh, especially this week as the situation has gotten very tense. But um, I think that's really well said, Harry. Like we talked about before the pod started, like, you know, it's it, a lot of people like to dig their feet in and say I'm pro one way or the other. But one of the things about politics that not enough people do these days is you get information and your mind may change. So, you know, you, you if you're listening to this, this will be released uh, Monday, October 23rd. Harry and I may feel slightly differently or differently altogether in a week as the situation uh, continues to change and, and things come to light. And you'll understand that more as we as we talk. But, um, yeah. Yeah. So I think um, we're just going to start off where we did last week, which is just general death tolls kind of keeping updated about the human costs as well because there is a human cost to this um i'm sure you're seeing awful videos pictures in the news and things like that um and via ap news associated press they're obviously very reliable um they have reported today 11 hours ago that more than four as of sunday october 22nd more than 1400 people have been killed in israel since the war began mostly civilians killed in the initial hamas assault um 
the Hamas-run health ministry, so keep in mind that it is Hamas-run, uh, in Gaza says over 4,300 Palestinians have been killed. Um, again, as I said, keep in mind that it's Hamas. Obviously, terrorist groups are not the most reliable uh, group of people for information, but that's where we're at right now. Um, and again, you know, we are still seeing you know awful videos of like especially children in, in Gaza, and um, we're still learning more about the initial assault um, that took place in Israel. I was actually just reading something today about an independent pathologist that went into Israel and kind of reviewed the bodies, and you know some of these innocent Israelis like had their hands tied behind their back, and then they were burned alive. Um, some of them had their heads taken off and the, some of the pathologists said that they didn't know if they were taken off by being decapitated or their heads were blown off by a rocket. So, uh, and then obviously we're seeing like different buildings, neighborhoods leveled in Gaza, you know, innocent people, uh, dead in Gaza as well. So it's just wanted to, wanted to really address the human toll here first. Cause I think that does get lost in a lot of these conversations. People forget that there are people, our stories behind these numbers and they're not just numbers, but that's where we're at right now. So, yeah, I, I I appreciate that. I think that's uh, well said. I think, again, we'll preface one more time that going through this conversation, I'm not sure that Harry and I necessarily are, as of right now, are, are quote-unquote, as many people say, pro one side or the other. Um, learning a lot, we're pro-innocent civilians not dying, which I think we've said many times in a very complex situation has not been going well for either side. So uh, it's really, really sad to see, and our hearts go out to anyone on any side affected by this. It's It's absolutely awful. Uh, and I think the only other thing ongoing is that it looks like in the, as you I mean, you're watching this, you may be listening to this Monday when it comes out, the 23rd, uh, the, the ground invasion of Gaza by Israel is, is pretty much imminent. They hypothetically will send 300,000 troops into the 25-mile strip that is Gaza any day now. And I think that um, we'll have to see that we'll, what, what happens there. Um, I think that's when things are really, really going to get incredibly tragic. I think the UN has warned that uh, obviously the humanitarian crisis is already very intense. Uh, President Biden has sent humanitarian aid. He's worked with Israel to, to, like we talked about last week, make sure that civilians as much as possible are out of harm's way. Um, but, you know, it, the the potential ground invasion could could create true, true catastrophe at least in my opinion i think that i would sway uh significantly i would be i would personally as it stands right now be very upset um assuming it goes the way i think it will which will israel israel will storm in and level it and commit atrocities i would be very upset if that happened but again the situation is ever evolving um and so we'll see what happens in the coming days yeah the ground invasion I know you know I, you and I have spoken about this privately, but the ground invasion is, I think, very, very concerning. Um, it just seems like a really, really large escalation. And, of course, we're hearing that Lebanon, spe- specifically Hezbollah, um, even Iran, you know, they're all, they're all kind of just watching the situation. Hezbollah and, and the IDF have had some flare-ups on the northern side of Israel. Um, so, you know, there's just a lot of opportunity for escalation. We're seeing like more United States uh, carriers being brought into the waters there, um, you know, people being prepared for deployment, which doesn't mean they're being deployed. It's just kind of like a standard that takes place just in case. It's kind of like a precautionary measure. But uh, it just seems like there's a lot of potential escalation here, which would be really, really bad. And I think the ground invasion would really 
present present a problem for the United States because as Chris said, like if these people are walking into Gaza and just like leveling things and just killing any everybody in sight, it's like that's obviously really horrendous. That's very yeah. bad. Right. You know? Exactly. exactly. And so, you know, we'll 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 Ah man, it's so sad. It's so sad. Um yeah. we'll we'll have to see what happens. I think, you know, to switch just for a second and then we'll come back. Um I'm not sure if you've seen the polling. Um, you know, in, in terms of and I might be able to pull this up, but you know, we have in terms of, of overall numbers, all age groups affiliated by party. Democrats are pretty the, the there's a poll saying a few different things. My general consensus is Democrats are almost pretty like split on this issue maybe it's like maybe it's like closer to 60 40 um but i've seen some pretty close polls of 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 in terms of just the question being pulled of are you pro-palestine or pro-israel um which i think is way too like there's so much nuance there but whatever right um it's pretty much 50 50 republicans are obviously it's it's more like 65 or 70 30 um and that, as we talked about last week, I'm not sure if you've seen, but uh, varies wildly by age group, which Harry and I have, you know, a lot of people aren't talking about in the mainstream media. But, um, you know, you're talking about older age groups are 60, 70, even upwards of 80 percent, very pro-Israel. Our age group most recently polled, I think it was it was literally 52, 48. So some very interesting dynamics. And I'm curious your thought about, you know, you know, you know, this is created in, in a time where 2024 is coming up. Republicans seem pretty um, – no one's talking about what the Republican response or what the Republican response is to this, which is essentially just pro-Israel. You know, we have re- Republicans calling for, like, I think saying really just outwardly egregious things about just, like, I think maybe, like, Lindsey Graham was like, I don't care what happens to Gaza. Just level it. Just completely right. level it. No one's talking about the potential, what the Republicans are saying about it, or what the response would be if if, if there's a Republican in office. Uh, I mean, do you think that this is like? Do you see this to split among Democrats? Do you see like a lot of arguing or a lot of like this has become like infighting for Democrats, where we're it just seems. I don't know. Give me give me your thoughts. Do you think we're too split as a party? Do you think we need to come together and and you know not be fighting so much about this issue? Because I don't know about you, but I've seen an incredible amount of fighting about this issue yeah online. well i think that like the I, I definitely think there has to be some unity about this issue right uh and i think that the thing that's bothering me most about the discourse we're seeing online among the left is the complete lack of trust and you know almost hate for the biden administration like everybody there are so many people on the left who read something as a headline and this is i'm more talking about the far left read something as a headline uh, read something on social media and they believe it or they don't further research it. Like, you know, we Chris and I always talk about the gray area. What's the gray area in these situations? Nobody looks to see like, okay, so the Biden administration is doing this in relation to Israel and Palestine. Why? They're just like, oh my God, this is horrendous. And they run with it. And I think that like the lack of the, the, the prominence of misinformation in this conversation is really hurting not only the Biden administration, but our response to what's happening, uh, the left what we're trying to do in Congress, what we're trying to accomplish. Like so much so, I've seen so many people being like, and I made a video about this, oh, I'm not going to vote for Biden in 2024 because of this. And likely their views are based off of misinformation or things like that. So, but I'm, but I'm curious, like, what do you, do you think, what do you think about the division? Like what's the path forward? No, I mean, I, I think that's incredibly well said. Um, 
and it's interesting like i've told you privately like my my views on this are are ever evolving i think um a lot of people are so they they really especially with this issue are just very like it's either one side or the other um right. you're pro-palestine you're pro-israel you love what biden's doing with it you hate it there's no in between and as you said there's a lot of gray area there um and i think that sorry i lost my train of thought a little bit i i made a video where essentially i was like the biden administration's um response has been really good uh i think you know he sent a hundred million dollars of aid he's pressured israel to to be as humanitarian as possible turn on the water supply while simultaneously backing israel backing the palestinian people um denouncing hate of any kind I can have that belief that as a leader, he's done very well, calm, cool, collected. He's done well while simultaneously believing, look, I wish as it stands right now, as the Israeli government stands, I think the U.S., you know, especially over the last decade, Israel has become significantly further right. Maybe it would be the right move to distance ourselves or send them less financially for military gain as we've done in the past if they're going to, you know, commit certain events on the at the on the west bank etc do i wish that the u.s maybe and took a slightly less pro-israel stance yes but again as you said amongst the left it, it seemed you know i've seen a lot of those videos too where it's i'm not voting i voted for president biden this response has been atrocious i posted a video where i said this is this is outwardly like and i, I don't mean to be a dick that is outwardly a disgusting misunderstanding of any type of U.S. foreign policy or any type of history over the last 100 years. To say, you know, well, I voted for him, but his response has been so poor, I don't think I can vote for him. Again, Israel has been one of our greatest allies for, you know, many, many years. They've received more money than any other country from the U.S. since World War II. We send them, last year, we sent them $3.2 billion. We send them billions of dollars a year. I'm not sure what people on the you know the leftists expected from this situation. I think it's a, a just a huge misunderstanding to think that Biden would say, oh, "I'm not sending you any money." This is blah blah blah. Um, you know, like I said, I think if Israel invades, I think if if Israel storms into Gaza and starts committing atrocities, I also am under a belief that uh, foreign policy wise, that's pr regardless of the humanitarian cost, which is grave. Foreign policy wise, it doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense to me they're not going to occupy gaza so they're just going to level it and walk away i don't think that really ensures their safety anymore over the next 10 years than doing something different and so maybe i'll have a different stance on maybe the biden administration could be less supportive of this but but again i i, I agree with you in the fact that it just seems so and i'm sorry for the rant it just seems so staunchly like in a lot of ways based in in a misunderstanding of of u.s foreign policy and history no, absolutely. I mean, that, and that's the problem with the discourse I've seen. It's just like, and I, I really don't mean to be rude or mean or anything like that, but there's just so many people who I truly believe are misinformed. Now, I, neither I nor Chris are foreign policy experts, but there are people out there who legitimately have no concept or but, no but, grasp of what's happening in the Middle East. But also, I'm going to cut you off there just for one okay. second because I'm re I really want to hammer your point because it's really good. You notice how you just said um, a lot of these people are misinformed. They're not foreign policy experts. You, we are not foreign policy experts. But no. you notice how through the last two weeks, 
our videos and our podcast has consistently been, we are not super informed on this. We're just trying to give you the information. Our minds are ever evolving. This is how we feel right now, not based on the last 200, 300, 1,000 years of history. This is how we feel of the events of the last two weeks. Our minds are – we have exclaimed that we're not foreign policy experts, and that's why we haven't taken a strong pro-Israel or pro-Palestine right. stance. The difference between us and that is that these people are so staunchly – pro-Palestine or, or pro-whatever, pro-Israel, when, when they just don't seem to have any concept of the situation. I'm sorry, go ahead. Right. No, and, and uh, to that point, it's like, and we always say it, and we're going to say it again, they want President Biden to fly. They want him to be Superman. They want him to be God. And, you know, not to, I don't mean to switch gears too much because we're kind of all over the place right now. But I think, you know, one of the main things, one of the, one of the main topics I've seen where people are like, oh, Biden could be doing more is the aid he gave to Palestine. Now, President Biden gave over 100, no, not over, $100 million in humanitarian aid to Palestine. And I posted a video about it. I saw some discourse online. They're like, it's not enough. And this is where it comes in about like being informed about what we're talking about. And let me show you something. I actually pulled it up while we were just discussing. So this was the announcement from a Washington Post reporter, Jeff Stein. Uh, he's the White House economics reporter for the Washington Post. Uh, he said, yeah, Biden's announcing $100 million for Palestinians in Gaza and the West Bank, including four displaced people. So it's good. It's great. You know, he, he's, he's, he's putting in that work uh, to, um, you know, get some aid sent to the innocent people affected. But here's the crucial part that a lot of people are not talking about when they say, oh, it's not enough. The $100 million in aid for Palestine will come from a pre-existing fund and will not require new taxpayer subsidies. Basically meaning that that fund's not not unlimited it's not like biden can 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 keep dipping that fund if he wants to send more money he needs congressional approval so all these people and by the way biden went to congress and asked for more biden asked as part of his over 100 billion dollar um aid package he, he asked congress for the other day over nine billion dollars of that is for humanitarian assistance for the region and so biden is not only sending $100 million of aid, which, by the way, a lot of money, a lot of money. He's going back for more, asking for more, and the Republicans will not address it because we don't have a Speaker of the House, and they also are not going to vote for this, the majority of them. I can, I can promise you that. They're not going to vote for this package. And then people are like, oh, well, it's President Biden's fault. It's like this is unfortunately the way the United States government works. It's slow. Biden can't just send unlimited money wherever he wants. And – if you really want to be mad at a group of people for not doing enough on for the innocent people of Palestine, be mad at Republicans. Why are you sitting there slamming President Biden when it's he has done everything that the executive can do? It just makes no sense, man. It's so frustrating. Well, oh, God. Go no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, that's it. That's it. That's it. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I really appreciate you showing that. And I think it's a great point. Like, um, like regardless of like, you know, although people further left than me have frustrated me on this issue. I think that overall everyone, you know, Democrats are very split on it. Everyone can kind of we we can all agree, you know, we're all we're all trying our best doing it for the right reasons, but right. I just it infuriates me that to your point like nobody's talking about the fact, you know, has President Biden done enough? Is 100 million dollars enough? Bro, if if a Republican was in the White House right now, uh, I, he, if Donald Trump was in the White House right now, he would be getting up on stage saying the most horrendous things about all Palestinian people. Talk about he wouldn't. There would be no like we're gonna disregard all hate for all people. We're gonna send humanitarian. No, no. The Republican Party is so staunchly pro-Israel. They, they, like I said, they have people calling like 
they're they're practically like calling their all these people terrorists and etc. And right. and it's just not talked about at all, which I think is just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's oh god. And, and, it, it, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, finish no, your go, thought. Go, go, ahead. go go go. No, I was just gonna say it's like the standard that people hold for Biden is significantly higher than Donald Trump, right? And I agree that Biden's standard is higher because he's a better person, he's a better president. But when you start expecting too much of him, you start putting Joe Biden on Donald Trump's level. People start, oh, they're the same. It's the duopoly. It's, it's right, the, right, you know, right. Right? It's the duopoly right. type of stuff. When in reality, if Donald Trump wins again, and this, let's just say this conflict is still happening a year from now, the war is still going on, whatever. Donald Trump's response will be horrendous. It will be inhumane, and it will be significantly worse than anything President Biden's ever done. As I said in a video today, if Donald Trump has been raging on Truth Social and in different interviews the past couple of days about his new Muslim ban, he's going to implement a new Muslim ban and ban Palestinians from coming into the United States because he thinks they're Hamas. He's an awful human being. Yeah, and. You know, we have we have people we have people. Sorry, I know, I know. I'm gonna finish in one second. No, 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 no. We, like no. I'm like I'm making ah. a face because I'm agreeing with you so heavily. I'm like, thank you. Oh, oh, and oh, then, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, oh, but we have, and then and again, as I said in a video today, it's like I if you are a leftist and your opinion is I'm not gonna vote for Joe Biden in 2024 because of this. I want you to be at the deportation hearings for these Muslim Americans if Donald Trump wins, and I want you to look them in the eyes and tell them, yeah, I if I. If me and other leftists, you know, we would have voted for Joe Biden in these swing states, you guys would still have your lives here. But we didn't. So you guys are out of this country. So sorry. It It is such a – it's so selfish and it makes me so angry how short-sighted some people are. And I, I truly believe that a lot of leftists and a lot of people when we're talking about this issue have good intention. They want I, – I don't believe they're all evil people. But the short-sightedness, the ignorance is so frustrating and it's like – you are shooting yourself in the foot in the long run. Oh my god, bro. Yeah, yeah. No, one hundred percent. And I'm I'm really sorry for like cutting you off. I was I was no, making no, aggressive right. I was I was actually like semi mad at myself because I you were make you were about to make a really good point and I wanted to like I don't know. That was very well said. That was extremely well said. I'm sorry for cutting you off. Um no, you're good, bro. I agree. Like the the thing is like and I, I think that you and I, like some people say I'm too nice of a guy, you know, whatever, whatever. Um, <laughs> but in terms of like, in terms of the far left or, or I think leftist is a better term than far left, but, right. um, you know, in terms of leftist thought process, I just don't understand. And that's why we've talked about privately and ranted where it's like, I, people want Biden to fly. I do not get what the expectation here is. That's my confusion. I don't understand what they, like people are like it's the lesser of two evils. I'm not voting. What's the so so what so when Biden is literally like on the phone for 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 eight straight days or whatever, <laughs> you know, essentially trying to convince get get this border open between Israel and Egypt so they can get aid into Gaza, much to the dismay of all Republicans and all of Israel. He gives the max amount of money as Harry said without congressional approval, right? I see like the uh, people online like oh he's not doing enough to open the border like why is it not open yet it's been 6 days what's the like for an example like that what's the expectation you want Joe Biden the president of the United States to do more to open a border in Gaza halfway across the world which he's obviously doing the most he can do by calling Egypt and and, and Israel and you know essentially making everyone unhappy by being like please help these poor people like I, and, and I guess some people would say the expectation is to 
denounce Israel, but I'd say that that's a, I don't really understand that. Like, but in terms of like, in terms of us agreeing that foreign policy wise, it may, doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. It's a misunderstanding to denounce Israel. As of right now, like I said, the situation's ever evolving. As of right now, doesn't make sense, um, et cetera, et cetera. So in terms of pure humanitarian aid to people or, or being better to the Palestinian people, I don't know. I'm confused about what the expectation is for him to do more. He sends the max amount of assistance. He forces Israel to turn on the water supply. They've been pressuring Israel all week. You know, be very, very, very careful what you do because you need our support. He's been outwardly expressive of, of being pro-Palestinian people. Like, uh, again, the guy is not, he's not God. I don't, you know. It's so, you're, it, exactly. There's an unrealistic expectation of what President Biden can do. And there's, and it also just goes to the lack of, you know, people being informed on what President Biden's strategy is. It was just reported by Axios the other day. Maybe I'll pull up the article in a second. That Biden's strategy, of which you and I have been saying this entire time, is clearly being pro-Israel publicly and assisting them with, you know, specifically defensive munitions so they can replenish the Iron Dome and things like that. Um, and, you know, humanitarian assistance with, for, of which the people need. But, and, you know, obviously doing that publicly to maintain the relationship. But privately... He's helping the innocent people in Gaza so much more than any Republican or Democrat that was running in 2020 probably would have. This guy is doing so much behind the scenes, and he just is getting slammed from every side right now because Republicans are like, oh, we shouldn't be sending aid to anybody. Yo, those innocent people in Palestine, like, nah, 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 we don't care about them. And then the far left is like, no, you're not sending enough. You're not doing enough. You have to break the law. You literally have to break the law and send more money without congressional approval. He can't win. There, there's no yeah. universe in this where Biden can win right Absolutely. now, dude. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree. I agree. And again, it's just not talked about enough. Like, even if, even if in, and, you know, as time goes on, we could probably have more nuanced debates about, like, where we end up standing on this issue. Um, as I've said, like, to you privately over the last two or three whatever days, like, I have become, uh, as, as Israel has, has, has continued and said, we're going to advance into Gaza. And, like, oh, that's, I really don't know. Like, that's, that's, I'd be, pr- pretty unsupportive of that i've seen people in the progressive caucus say you know this is a calling for a ceasefire which is complicated but i you know may end up supporting i i think that there's like again a lot of nuance here but nobody is talking about the fact that regardless of where you stand in that type of unity nobody is talking about the fact that biden sends a hundred million dollars of aid to the palestinian people and half the half the republican party is on twitter or on a stage saying why would you say you're sending money to terrorists? They're literally like you're sending money to, to you're sending a hundred million dollars to terrorists. Like, and the people are mad at Biden because he's like not pro Palestine, bro. You that that narrative is going to cause people in the Republican Party to to to, to get into office and end up end up just being awful. And you, I, I don't know. I don't no, know. I mean, no. It's like it's like great. Listen, listen. Le- this is a message to the leftists out there. If there are any listening. If you want Donald Trump to get reelected and for a new Muslim ban to be implemented, don't vote for Biden. No, keep it up. Keep slamming him on everything. You can have your disagreements with Biden. No problem. But if you want Donald Trump to get reelected, let's keep it going. Let's keep, you know, keep attacking him on everything and just, you know what? I'm going to bite my tongue now. No, I am I mean, so you're right. mad it's, it's, about this, bro. No, no. It's, it's, here's oh. the thing. And here's the thing that people don't understand. I think a lot of people online, like, obviously, they call us, you know, some names about how staunchly we support Biden, whatever. This is what people do not understand. Like, you and I have disagreements with Biden. I have a, oh, like yeah. I said, I have a feeling that 
if 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 Israel does what I think they're going to do, I might be like staunchly against some of the Biden administration's decisions. We will see. But that's not the point. The point is, like, you and I can be pro-Biden or you can be pro-A. Uh, uh, you can like a politician while not liking every single thing he does. The far left, it, it's not like that. It's like they talk extensively more about all the horrendous things that they think Joe Biden is doing. They don't talk about Republicans. They don't talk about any of the good things Joe Biden's doing. It's just every day, just a slam fest. It, it looks like a Republican. Half the Twitter pages look like Republican pages. They're like, yeah, this guy's the worst president ever. I'm like, bro, like, can you, like, it's fine if you disagree with the guy. It's fine if you don't like him as much as we do. But can you, like, say one positive thing about him? Just one? Or do you hate him? Like, it's just confusing to me, bro. It's confusing. No, they, they, they can, bro. No, they it's legit not, can, it's bro. It's not possible. Um, it's just but, it's just the worst thing in the world. Yeah, and and I think like um, again with all that, like it's it's interesting to see where this will you know take us toward twenty twenty four. Like you know the house still doesn't have a speaker. Um, it's in complete 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 chaos. Um, you know Trump is is has a um, excuse me, Trump has a trial coming up. Um, eventually, you know there's a lot of things that like. I think people need to be focused on, um, and it just seems like we're not focused on the right things right now, in my opinion. No, no, we're we're. I mean, we're definitely not focused. I think we're not focused on the right angle. People are not taking the right angle on this, and maybe this is a moment. Maybe you and I will watch this podcast in a year and be like, "This is this is if Trump wins, that is, you know, we'll be like, this is what happened. This is what happened. People people didn't do the right thing. They didn't they didn't inform themselves enough." But anyway, you know what? I think that I think there's another topic we should definitely talk about in relation to this. Go ahead. Which is, I'm not sure how familiar you are with this, but the United States didn't vote for a ceasefire at the UN, and the United States has not come out publicly in favor of a ceasefire. What do you think? So, and like, it's a good topic to bring up. A lot of people have talked about it, um, and we might disagree on this. I think. You know, there's, as you mentioned to me privately at one point, you know, there's, there's a lot of, co there's complications in, in, let's assume that, that the White House and the U.S. coming out in support of a ceasefire does something. Let's say it pressures Israel enough and, and Hamas enough to, to have a ceasefire, regardless of how that goes. There may be, as you've said, some, some complications to that foreign policy wise, maybe setting a standard that we shouldn't set. Um, and you could talk about that more. In terms of what has happened over the last 48 hours, and I, I'll talk to you like I'm talking to someone in person because, again, everybody likes to – you post it on in the internet. It's forever. But, again, the situation's ever-evolving. I, I do like what the stance from the further left, from the progressive left, that is, you know, with a lot of the rhetoric coming out, in my opinion, of, you know, Democrats and Republicans saying, you know, you can't – it's essentially a, a vengeance tour of, you know, you can't do these horrendous acts and not pay the price for going to wipe you off the face of the planet, which I completely understand. I understand. And I understand foreign policy is based oftentimes in emotion. I get it. I 100% get it. I'm not saying it's necessarily wrong, but I'm not sure that that's really the best idea in terms of a vengeance campaign. I think the West has done stuff like that before, and it has not gone well. And regardless, you know, we could talk endlessly about a ceasefire and what it means for the people. Obviously, that's 
a significant portion of this for me. I do. I really like am super terrified about Israel storm walking into Gaza. At that point, I might be say, okay, we really need to to support a ceasefire here. But I don't, Harry. This is what I don't get, and I think you're going to disagree with me. But this is what I don't understand. What is the what is the foreign policy play here for Israel? Like. In terms of okay, you don't you don't let's say let's say we no one calls for a ceasefire, they storm into Gaza, you know. Let's assume that the West and calling a ceasefire can do something. We don't call we we don't call for a ceasefire. They storm into they storm into Gaza and then what? I feel like that's a foreign policy. Oh, Mike just fell. Sorry, keep going. No, you're fine. I feel like that's a foreign policy disaster. I don't understand because. The West, Joe Biden and Israel have said, uh, Joe Biden says, please don't occupy Gaza. If you're going to walk in, don't occupy it. Israel says, we don't want to occupy it. So what? They're going to walk in, demolish the place, and then leave? And then what happens? Hamas is gone, so it just becomes what? We've gone over this before in the mid-2000s. It becomes like a void state. Anyone can come. A terror state. Or like, you know... Or or regardless of even if that's not the case, I feel like them doing that... If for their security over the next five to ten years, I, I don't think it promotes security for them. I don't think it promotes security for the West. I don't see any like logical foreign policy reason for them to do that. And so if they're going to do that, I may be in support of calling a ceasefire. I agree. I think I actually I actually I, I agree for the most part. Okay. I think that um the one I, I also I, I agree with you mostly on the on the um you know what? What's what's Israel's goal here? Like, I don't, I don't know. I have no idea what Israel's goal. The only one I can think of is the elimination of Hamas. Um, and I'm not sure. Maybe they feel that there's no other way to do that except a ground invasion. I think that's bullshit. I don't think that's right. I mean, I think we're pretty much in agreement on the sea, on the um, on the um, you know, you not, you got, or I can't even speak. The IDF not invading in a ground invasion. That's just. That's just recipe for disaster. And I think a lot of people have pointed out that this could just become like a Stalingrad, you know, World War II style where the Russians were posted up in Stalingrad. They were ready. They were prepared. And, you know, the Nazis walked in. And they got slaughtered uh, because and they just lost. And, you know, the city was destroyed. It was rubble. And is that just what, what it's going to be? Are, are Israel and Palestine or specifically Hamas just going to be fighting in rubble for months upon months? And snipers going to be sitting in rubble waiting for people? I don't know. I have no idea what it's going to be. I think that could be far more chaotic and dangerous than a potential agreement between Israel and Hamas for a ceasefire. Um, so I don't actually know what their objective is. I don't think they even know what their objective is. I think they're just going to send it and see what happens. Um, but I yeah, think we, that we, the, we, we, we did that one time at, yeah. in, in, in the middle East, we like sent it with no objective. It ended really badly. Anyway, continue. No, it ended very, very poorly. And I, you know, Biden was in Israel recently and said like, Learn from our mistakes from 9-11. You know, we acted, of course, the United States was furious with what happened, understandably so, but that, that emotion, that uh, fury uh, led to some bad decisions and bad people being in positions of power and making those bad decisions. So it's just like there has to be an exercise in caution when these things happen, even though, you know, I'm sure Israel is furious. They're so angry. Um, but we'll just have to see how that plays out. So I don't really think we disagree much there. I don't know. Really? Okay, interesting. But like, let's say, let's say, okay, would you support them? You know, let's say Israel kind of uh, 
the troops are, are are on the border, but it's not really clear if they're going to invade. It's just consistent airstrikes. Civilians are dying. Would you support the U.S. calling a ceasefire at that point? And let's say let's say the situation. And I know that's a really hard question to answer because you don't know how the situation is yeah. going to evolve. But let's say in three to five days. The airstrikes are brutal. You know, we obviously are getting a lot of complicating news about hospitals being bombed, which we don't have to yeah. get into that. But it's just very, very, very sad. Again, pro I'm sorry, uh, civilians dying. is It's so, tr so sad, so tragic. The um, I mean, would you support at some point just the U.S. saying this enough is enough? It's a really tough question, um, but I think like, what, yes, why would you why would you say no? Let me ask you that. What's the not even you? Yeah, what, yeah, do you think, sure. what do you think the argument is for saying no? Well, so two things. I think yes. I think ideally everybody wants a ceasefire. I would like a ceasefire. I would. I would want. I want them both to put down their arms right now, so no more innocent people can die. But the argument for no, at least from the United States government perspective, is that a couple things. One, the United States standing up and saying, "Let's have a ceasefire," is realistically not going to stop Israel from invading. You know, we are the United States, and if we then are like, well, our aid is conditional on you not invading, that really hurts a relationship with Israel, especially when they were the ones who have just been attacked. Their argument's going to be like, we are defending ourselves, and you, and you, an ally, is not standing with us, then it's just like, we really cannot hurt that relationship. So I understand why, you know, the United States government might say that. Um, it, and I, I just think like there's just it's like it, it, there could be multiple layers of which it hurts that relationship and it also doesn't accomplish much. I'm not sure something that does nothing except hurts a relationship is a good thing. But at some point, I think the United States might just have to take a moral stand because if again, like I, like what does a ground invasion accomplish except a bunch of innocent people and, dying? Right. And, and I think and I think that's well said. And again, like I, I, I hate to say this, but it often feels like on the Internet right now. Like, like there's not many people who will talk like this. Everybody wants to know, are you pro-Israel or pro-Gaza? Are you, as they'd say, pro-genocide or, you know, pro-something else? Are you pro-invasion? Like, this situation is, is ever-evolving, and it's so complex. And so, you know, I'm not—I I agree with you. I think that was all very well said. And I, I do agree. I think it just—it's it, possible that a ceasefire would set a bad precedent. Yeah, I th and I and the 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 precedent there is that like, you know, if if Israel agrees to a ceasefire, this is the argument being made. And by the way, I'm not sure I know, I'm not saying I 100 percent agree with this, but this is the argument being made is that if Israel agrees to a ceasefire and they put down their arms, then that gives Gaza, or excuse me, I should say Hamas, not Gaza, Hamas, the impression that they are they can go into Israel, slaughter thousands of Jews. The worst day since the Holocaust, the single worst day for the, since the Holocaust for the Jewish people. And all they need to do after doing that is retreat into hospitals, retreat into schools, make sure you bring civilians with them, and then their buildings won't be struck. And if they are, the global community will be outraged at Israel and call Israel the bad guys. Because that, that's, all, that's all Hamas needs to do. So they'll replenish, fire more rockets, slaughter more Jewish people, go back into their hospitals with the innocent people, innocent children— and they'll be fine. But the alternative is Israel shouldn't be striking hospitals with innocent children in it. It's so, this is why the issue right. is so difficult, dude. But that's, but that's like – that is like – the point you just made is like incredibly – like it's a really good point that, again, no one's talking about. Like it sets a, it sets a, it sets a bad precedent. And, and not only that, like I think um, it's 
it's with the with the in as we were just talking about and this relates the division we're seeing amongst the left and, and just people in general about this issue it's very heated like we're seeing like an enormous amount of like domestic problems from this and hate from this that is is absolutely atrocious like we saw a six-year-old pal i made a video about this just oh this is so hard a a, a six-year-old palestinian boy um stabbed to death over 30 times and his mother was stabbed over 25 times she survived um by their landlord um their landlord was like an older white man he was 70 something he walked into their apartment said you they were muslim palestine or i'm sorry they were palestinian americans he um he he walked into their apartment and said quote you muslims must die after right after what had happened in israel and palestine and obviously it was it was he was charged with uh a lot uh uh first degree murder and also a hate crime uh absolutely tragic furthermore we saw a a a woman in a um there's there's a there's a there's a story i'm trying to understand i'm trying to remember there's something else this but there was a really also a very tragic um a a jewish woman i believe uh stabbed to death on on her porch um yeah. also also a hate crime um and you know again i'm not i'm not trying I, they're both absolutely absolutely a atrocious there's no room uh for for any of that hate and that's why harry and i also take a, a lot of people ask we take them you know we're pro if it's possible in this world to be pro pro palestine and pro israel they have you know civilians don't deserve to die and here domestically it's it's getting ugly and i i you know it's sad yeah and i think like perfect like very well said and these are really important topics as well in the broader conversation because you know the united states is a leader in the world so what happens abroad, especially when we're involved in these conflicts, sometimes translates to over here. You know, we saw in the wake of Russia's invasion of Ukraine, Ukrainian people were targeted, Russian people were targeted. Um, you know, even though these people may not be connected to these things or, you know, Russian Americans, Russians just generally don't support Russia's invasion. They were targeted. Same thing that's happening between with, with Jewish Americans, Arab Americans, Muslim Americans. Um, and, it's, and it's very, very tragic. And, you know, I keep seeing videos um, from around the country of people ripping down posters of like missing signs of like innocent Israelis who have now been, been taken hostage. I, and it's I like, saw that. what the fuck is wrong with people? What are you doing? It is possible to be pro-Palestine and not rip down posters of innocent Israeli children who've been captured, vice versa. It's like, Anger and hate is really taking over, and it's such a disgusting thing to watch. Um, and it's even happening domestically. And it's just so—I mean, it's such, the situation's it's, right. so multifaceted, dude. It's just so multifaceted. Bro. Yeah, it's 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 very sad. And I think, like, again, I I think, like, to your point, and to reiterate for people, like, I, I, we completely understand wholeheartedly with how complex this issue is, both right now and throughout history, why there is an immense amount of pain. And anger and 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 hatred, if you want to call it, well, so many emotions. Especially, you know, if anyone is affected by this at all, uh, domestically abroad, if you know people, like it's it's probably very, very, very intense for you. And I I want to say that regardless of who you are, it doesn't matter. I'm I'm proud of you. I know it's probably been so much, especially with the news. I couldn't even begin to understand. And I know Harry feels the same way. 
Um, so we understand, we, we understand that, that emotion. It's just, I think what we're trying to get at is it's just sad. It's very sad. Oh, the whole situation yeah. is sad. It's sad. It, it is a very, it's a very emotional situation for a lot of people. I mean, I've spoken to, um, people on both sides of the issue, those being like Arab Americans and Jewish Americans about this. And they're both, I mean, people are just feeling an immense amount of anger and sadness. And that leads to people doing things they don't necessarily agree with, but like, Man, it's it's just sad. As you said, it's just sad, man. It's just really sad what's happening. It's really sad to see. And it's like, I think, you know, and maybe to kind of wrap to our original point is like, I think people right now, especially those most affected or people who feel passionately about it, want to find someone to take their anger out on. And, you know, maybe that that person is President Biden. Maybe that person is uh, Netanyahu, whoever it may be, right? Or, Or, you know, and especially like the most disgusting people will take it out on groups of people um for their identities and it's just like yeah i don't know man people just really especially in these things people just really want to be mad at something and there's not always something to be mad about or a figure to be mad about or i don't know it's tough it's tough, it's tough. right exactly i think that's um i think that's incredibly well said and i i um for the viewers out there i know you know this is kind of third week in a row but i also think that you are probably experiencing what we're experiencing with which is you know Besides the the mess in the uh, in the House of Representatives, we don't have a speaker. This is this has been absolutely dominating the news, um, and there's a lot of fear right now of potential escalation and et cetera. So we thought we would try the best we could to um, essentially give you our, our current thoughts um, because people have been asking us, um, and yeah, I think it's just important also that whoever you are that you stay safe and stay informed and try to, uh, keep, keep your mind open and just, um, always, always, always hope for peace and hope for, you know, people not, not dying. Yeah. I think it's well said. I think, um, yeah. And just like, you know, just remember that the real bad guys in all this, I mean, obviously I think this objective is Hamas, the terrorist group, these people don't care about innocent Palestinians. They don't care about innocent, innocent Israelis. They are the bad guys. Um, but yeah. it's also be it's also yeah. acceptable to be mad at like Netanyahu for doing the things you you know what I'm saying. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, you know Netanyahu is I do I really do not like that guy. I don't like yeah. a lot of the Israeli government. Super far right, but it's a good point. Like again, like it can get lost a little bit that like Hamas is a terrorist organization. Hamas does not care about the Palestinian people. In the past, the UN has sent Hamas pipes because they have sewage problems because obviously their country very much struggles. Hamas doesn't use it for the Palestinian people. They transfer them in, transform them into missiles to shoot across the border to kill Israelis. They, 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 they are steadfast, not focused on the Palestinian people, and I think people should remember that. I totally agree, man. Totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. So with that being said, um, you guys can let us know what you thought. It's an episode down below in the comments. Um, in the description, you can find pretty much uh, all platforms to listen to our podcast. It's every week, Monday at 1 p.m. We really, really, really appreciate everyone watching every week, sticking around. And, and if you're new here, we love you. We appreciate you. Um, so we're on every platform, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, etc. Mondays at one o'clock and also in the link will be our store for some merchandise, which through the week will probably be updated with some more designs, maybe, um, some, some, some less expensive items than hoodies. I know they're, they're expensive. Uh, I was thinking about some stickers or, you know, something a little bit easier as we get toward 2024. So you can be on the lookout for that. 
Uh, subscribe if you have not, and you can check us out on other socials down below. We appreciate you a lot. Thank you for listening or watching episode 16, and we will see you next week at 1 o'clock.